Action is great, but business is business. My name is Matthew Kroll. And you know what else long arms are good for? I don't know. My name is Shahir Down. <laughs> and this is the only <laughs> podcast about movies, specifically the holiday classic, question mark, Da Christmas at Dollywood. Did you say Da Christmas at Dollywood? Da Christmas at Dollywood. But we we're not we're not going to attack this this icon of cinema by our lonesome. Why would we attack it in general? I, I meant to like talk about it, really dive in, get, get into the heart of the, the meaning of, of this of this holiday um, just wonderment to my eyes and ear holes. We're not gonna do it alone, Shahir. Well, not on this Christmas day. No. Not on this wonderful snowy New York uh, wrapped in blankets, uh, drinking marshmallow and hot chocolate kind of snowy day. Jeez, I we we record this before Christmas. I hope it is snowing right now. Not, you ruined the magic. It's <laughs> as if, you know what, it, cancel it. We're, wrap it up. No pun intended. Someone who didn't ruin the magic. In fact, the person who advised us the entire time is our very good friend, fellow filmmaker and editor, feature film editor, oh uh, is Blake Gingrich, who, who aside from being a fantastic editor, a wonderful human being to be around, good ramen eater as well, by the way. <laughs> Thank Not you. A lot Wait, of, can you be bad at ramen it. eating? Oh, First of all, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You okay. Can, yeah. You can be bad at ramen eating, but he's not. He, you know, keeps the uses the chopsticks and doesn't and you know doesn't splash around. Um, but also, uh, I, I, maybe I'm I'm going to characterize this wrong. A devotee of the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine how proud everyone at NYU is right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm checking this. with them. I'm I, I, very. They're very, very oh, good, proud. Good. Yeah, very you're proud. welcome, everyone. <laughs> uh, can you tell us, aficionado? What, yes. Yeah. For can sure. you tell us what you've been doing? For the last month, which is how we decided we had to have you on for this. Uh, the short version is, last year I had some friends back home in Indiana that were big, the real deal Hallmark aficionados, and I thought I should check on this thing. Yeah. So my wife and I would every once in a while pop over at Christmas time and watch five minutes of a movie. Sure. And it became obvious real fast that it was always the same five minutes, but always a different movie. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, this is very strange, what's going on? So we watched a couple full through. And that just got even more upsetting. And then I figured out I, you can probably just cut these things together. If you just switch from scene to scene between movies, I don't know that anyone would notice it will be the same girl upset at her job in New York going back to her small town to paint a picture of a barn or whatever. <laughs> and so I tried it. I downloaded 25 movies and gave it a shot, and it worked so well that the movie was not even funny because just, I just made a whole other Hallmark movie <laughs> with no jokes in it. Yeah. And then, so I kind of abandoned that project, but then it turned into, like, there are collections of scenes that I thought were much more funny, like how everyone is always quitting their job, and everyone is <laughs> not moving back to New York, and everyone is going Christmas tree shopping, and all of that kind the, of stuff. There's a beautiful thing on your Instagram, I believe. Actually, what, what's your Instagram, exactly, so it, people know right now? Uh, if I can remember, at uh, Blake Rules, okay. which is B-L-A-K-E-R-U-L, I think, triple Z. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Zs yeah. in it. Just keep hitting Zs till um, you see me. <laughs> but, but there's one in particular that I just liked it, just from the sheer editing perspective. There were, like, L cuts in it, like you were doing, like, oh, actual... It, it like, got fancy. You were doing yeah. some fancy work between that scene at the end of all of these films where the, the person is going to leave their high-paying, highfalutin job in the big-time <laughs> city and move back to bumblefuck wherever the hell <laughs> to, to be with uh, with hometown hero number six. Almost always a high school boyfriend, but yeah. not 100%. Not all the time. Not in the film we're going to discuss today. If you're lucky, it's a developer that decided he doesn't want to turn that quaint lodge into a ski resort. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so, gosh! Yeah. I, I gotta because it's Christmas. I gotta ask: are, the, are these the Christmas movies that you watch on Christmas Day? I, I do have some legit ones, and mm. now I get whiplash if I go between. Like I watched Die Hard a week ago, and yeah. that hurt really bad. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, 
And then I started to put that into the same form. Same thing. He like quits his job to go to L.A. It felt like uh, it was like a perverted version of the same thing. You've, Did he quit his job in, in Die Hard? Doesn't he like? He just tr- says he's going to be there more. Right. He's going to be in L.A. more. Because that's where. Die Hard. Yeah. That's yeah. where his wife is. Right. We, we yeah. did a podcast on Die Hard a bit ago. Yeah. Uh, as for a, Christmas a couple movie. Christmases ago. Yeah. yeah and so. He goes to visit his wife, and he's like, "You know what? I shouldn't be in New York all the time. I should be here." <laughs> he gets the same speech uh-huh. as Christmas. He's a little Hollywood. bloodier, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> what else? What else are you? Uh, what else are you gravitating towards on Christmas Day? What's a good movie to like? throw on in the afternoon after you've uh, had your Christmas uh, lunch. My wife is big on this, so the, the repertoire has gotten bigger. Home Alone always makes an appearance. Yes. Yep. Uh, usually both of them will yep. turn up, because the second one is identical to the first. <laughs> yeah. uh, Except same, in New York. Same syndrome. Yep. yep. It's got Trump in it. It's the only difference. <laughs> um, what else do we go through? Christmas Story usually makes an appearance. Uh, you know, I haven't seen Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. well, what? I, I know. I've told you this. I've not seen it. Oh, I guess story. you did tell me it's this. It's set in the town like next door to mine in Indiana, so, uh, and Gene Shepard is from like down the street, so right. it is... It is full Christmas story situation when I go back for Christmas. There's a leg lamp in every other house. <laughs> uh, so there's no getting around it. Yeah. And anything, any other, I mean, okay, if you, if you, if it didn't have to be a Christmas movie, uh-huh. if you had the afternoon to yourself. But it does. <laughs> but if it didn't. It just happens to be Christmas Day. Yes. What and would you throw on? And I'm watching whatever else. Well, yeah. you're watching whatever you want to watch. I, I mean, my normal taste runs not so far from yours. Like I, in the last week I've watched Irishman Marriage Story. Uh, what else have I gotten through? Basically everything on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the Netflix list. Um, Jojo Rabbit in the last yep, week. Yep. Uh, Knives Out in the last week. Oh, You're getting screeners, uh, aren't you? Fun, yes. You're getting all <laughs> yes. Fun fact, Knives Out has a tie to today's yes, movie, does. which we'll get Very to. Very much yeah. so. Oh, I'm, yep. I'm curious to hear yeah. how this goes. I, I clocked that real fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah I was like, yeah, Blake's got this one. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you recommend to us? And we're very happy that you did. Because it we, took a lot of thought. Yeah. yeah, We had a lot of ideas for what we were going to do for the holidays. We had a real, a real, um, oh, God, what would I call it just elevated, oh, I wish pie in the sky version of what we could do. And when you say we, you mean you. Of course. <laughs> we had this great idea where I was like, oh, what if we did the 12 days of Christmas, but we review a, one of these Hallmark movies or one like it That's each perfect. day for 12 days leading up to it as, you know, short half hour episodes. And, and Sheer, you were on board. I was, look, I, until we realized that both of our lives are not conducive to actually pulling that off. Actually yeah. watching and recording 12 episodes. Even uh, short ones. In, in like, consecutive order. I, like, I would do that if that meant that we didn't have to uh, do a podcast for twelve weeks. Also do Star Wars. Also <laughs> yeah. do Cats. But also do Marriage Story. Like kind there's a, a lot. Busy season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if we, but if, but if we had to like do one every day and then just like hand it out like for cotton candy. Sure. Um, but well, th- you don't hand well, out cotton candy. That's how Hallmark makes those movies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. been. We would have been churning it out the yeah. same way. But then we found out you were doing what you were doing, uh, and we wanted to integrate, and this just made You're perfect welcome. sense. But tell me, because I look the Hallmark Channel. Doesn't exist in New Zealand. Uh, what? It just what? doesn't happen. <laughs> Hallmark doesn't because we just write our card. We write. We make all our cards by hand. Make your own cards. <laughs> yeah, little, little, little you savages. Uh, Hobbit like leaves app. is what we <laughs> use. <laughs> um, what? Why? What is the? Wh- how? Like, because this is a lot of production that's going on. I mean, it might, like, as you say, it might be repeated motifs. It might be the the same movie essentially remade twelve times. But it is still twelve movies being made. Or how how many movies come out uh, for every season? And do they do this for like? Other holidays? So here's my understanding. Yes, they do do it for other holidays. They okay. do it year round, and okay. they do. They even do winter ones for the weird season between Thanksgiving and Christmas when people are like, "Hey, easy on the Christmas." They yeah. have some that are like the same movie without a tree. <laughs> um, and I've not watched any of those, but it'll be like Winter in Love or whatever, and they're <laughs> just on a horse ranch with snow. Right. Um, but they do Valentine's pretty big. I know they do Halloween. 
And they that, have well, like what are the Halloween stuff. films? Like? I have not seen any of them. I, I, that I keep would be it terrible. Very focused. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're identical. Well, we want, when we decided to do this particular film, uh, Christmas at Dollywood. Mm. Technically, you decided for us to do this one because we asked you. We're like, okay, we wanted to have this grand idea. We can't pull this off. We go to the expert. What is the film we should do and release on Christmas Day? Blake says Christmas at Dollywood. Yes, it was not that definitive. I did mull this over for a long time. <laughs> okay, because I wasn't sure. Because I hadn't seen it, which does not matter. I need to get that out. I, I knew exactly what it was. Because it's going to be a lot like Christmas at Graceland 1 and Christmas at Graceland 2. Oh, wow. Um, and I decided this one because they pushed it the hardest. And I felt like I, we should probably take the marquee movie. Because the other, they make something like 50 Christmas movies which is every insane. year. Wow. And, and companies compete. Isn't there like, the, like yes. it's Hallmark and who else? Uh, uh, lifetime? Lifetime. lifetime? Theirs are a little sleazier because it's Lifetime. Yeah. People uh, get beat up. Lifetime. Uh, Hallmark movies never have any conflict. You should know this. Like even, they might get like a little, they like kind of frown at each other, but there's never an actual problem. I have <laughs> written in my notes and progressively getting more fevered and like yep. just like nightmarish Yo, texts and it. whatever. Yep. And I'm like, no conflict. Ever. Yeah. It, it sometimes it looks like there might be some, is about as bad as oh. it gets. Um, but Lifetime will have the real thing. Um, <laughs> who else? I think like Ovation or like some of those channels will have Christmassy sounding titles that I don't watch. I'm curious, you know, like in in the sort of trajectory of like uh, certain, you know, like if you think about films like uh, Barton Fink, which talk about like making the wrestling picture, right? Like, and, sure. and, and there was a point in studios which is turning out wrestling pictures, yeah. to turning out the, the 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 YA film or something like that. And although you know at a, at a much lower budget, are there any of the Hallmark films that you've seen where where you kind of get the sense that? This is a person or people involved who realize what they're making, but are trying to just slip something under the radar. <laughs> something that's just like a little bit of like a something I can show off to people as a filmmaker or <laughs> as an actor. You know, like is there something? Yeah, is there okay. anyone in any of these films? Because you've watched a lot of them that feel like, oh, there's a touch of something interesting here. The Renegade. <laughs> so I would I would love to have an answer for this, and yeah. the answer, but the answer is no. <laughs> um, I, I know a little bit about the process of how these things are made. Like I've, I've it, it's obsessive, but I've like found some post supervisors that work on these things. Yeah, and the layout for them is so strict. It's like eighty three and a half minutes credits, two and a half minutes. You know, it's like two yeah. a second. How this is all brought in. Yeah, commercial breaks are dictated ahead of time, and you yeah. have to hit them. And they cut for like six weeks. It's super fast. Right. Um. It's like I think like shoot to to delivery is something like twelve weeks. Yeah. Um. And they shoot most of them in Canada, and they shoot most of them with the same crew. Yeah. And it's like a, a very small group of directors that does them all. Yeah. Um, and even weirder, Hallmark Publishing puts out the books that many of these things are based on. So oh. like top to bottom, they've got this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so what that means is no, there is not any variation. They have it locked whatsoever. down. No variation, yeah. no directors that are kind of like trying to do something. I mean, they even use the same drone shots. I found an identical <laughs> shot of the same <laughs> bank in two movies. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, being locked down like you're describing actually plays very well into the, the big news that happened even around all of the serendipitous <laughs> Hallmark things that the three of us were doing. Hallmark, the, 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 the discussion has, has blown up due to some uh, real shitty business practices. <laughs> A really interesting thing happened this week, and I and I and I we were fortunate enough to kind of be uh, associated with one person who was directly at the center of it. And by we, you I mean, mean you? I mean me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, I was wor- lucky enough to work uh, with a, a fantastic writer and director many years ago on a, a commercial that I was shooting, uh, where she was an actress in this particular commercial, but which was uh, incredibly uh, reassuring to have uh, an actress who was also a director. Of course. Um, and she's uh, her work is amazing. Uh, seek it out if you can. Her name is Lauren Sick. Uh, and she ha- is at the center, essentially, I guess maybe inadvertently, at the center of this particular story, uh, which involves a commercial that she directed for the brand Zola. Yes. And I want to. I want to. For what channel she here? For well, no, no. She directed the just just in general uh, for any you know for wherever. Right. I wanted had, to clarify. Yeah, you can put them out to the world. Yeah, she had a big uh, Zola had a big media buy. She directs commercials uh, uh, for a lot of big brands, um, and and this particular commercial. Uh, got picked up and was talked about by the likes of CNN, by the BBC, and even Ellen DeGeneres was tweeting about this particular commercial for reasons that I wanted to highlight uh, Where uh, in a conversation that I had with Lauren uh, just a couple of days ago. So uh, let's have a listen to what happened with this particular story. All right. So, Lauren, thank you for uh, talking to me. Just full disclosure, you and I have worked together a few years ago. You're very multidisciplinary, uh, uh, talented. What, you know, like what kind of films do you want to make or what kind of films do you kind of gravitate towards? What's the thing that gets you excited the most uh, about filmmaking? I, uh, I'm really a fan of genre in genre movies. So I, I really like horror movies. Um, uh, my taste skews a little bit, a little bit darker and a little bit more cinematic and surreal. Um, I, yeah, I'm actually writing my first feature right now, which is a sort of supernatural horror thriller. And it has a bit of a social commentary bent, which I mean, most horror does, you know, I think, I think all contemporary horror sort of reflects the, the horror of its time. Um, so, so yeah, I think that it's a really cool um, space within which to explore stories and, and theme themes about humanity. Well, one of those genres that we're kind of interested in on the episode this week is Christmas <laughs> movies. Uh, yeah, which I I have <laughs> which to are great. which are great, and I have to admit I'm not uh, I'm not that well versed in. But are, are you sort of a fan of Christmas movies, or you know like? Or even Christmas horror movies. You know, there are there are some classics. You know, some good good old classic Christmas movies like Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, and uh, you know the old. I like the like claymation cartoons. I think like whatever you kind of watched as a kid, you're, you're kind of drawn to around the holidays. At least I am um, for the nostalgia factor. Um, and Black Christmas is coming out, the remake, yeah. uh, or it's out already now, I guess. So um, there's a cool. Christmas horror, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm looking forward to seeing actually. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, but I know you guys are talking about Hallmark Christmas movies or at least one of them this week. And those, I have to be totally honest. I'm not at all familiar with, I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs> well, that's uh, a perfect segue into what's, uh, I, I guess has been a crazy week for or the last couple of weeks for you, because you have uh, inexplicably been drawn into the Hallmark world. Something you have directed has been uh, written about by C- the likes of CNN, the BBC. Ellen has been tweeting about a project that you've worked on. Um, and in fact, I got an email from the from the client, um, uh, you, you, the project that you directed, uh, which was Zola, which read something along the lines like this, which was, uh, every couple has their own story and every couple celebrates their love in unique ways. At Zola, we are so proud to welcome and support all couples, all families, families, all families, and all weddings. Um, 
This was sort of an unusual email to receive from Zola, but <laughs> could you tell me uh, about this Zola commercial that you recently directed that has been making headlines? Yeah, so um, I I was brought in by a, a, this great agency and production company that I'd worked with previously uh, to to direct the campaign for Zola. Uh, it was called No Regrets. Um and it's it's kind of ironic because I you know like I was saying earlier the stuff I'm drawn to and the things I make are typically a little a little darker a little moodier more lifestyle stuff and this was like a very lovely bright comedic cute uh, wedding campaign and I was like that's that's different that sounds okay I'll try that um, uh, and and ironically this is the piece of mind that that people have seen the most definitely at this point after what happened over the past couple of days. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was asked to, to come in and direct this thing. Uh, it was, there's a, a 60 second spot and then we were doing a bunch of cut downs out of that 60 second spot. Um, there are three couples featured in, in the minute long piece and, uh, two of them were, uh, bride and a groom. Uh, and the third one was a lesbian couple. And, um, we delivered uh, six different versions of the commercial uh, to, you know, a bunch of different networks. Obviously, you know, Zola and the agency had a large media buy and, and they were going to um, put the put the TVCs up, you know, all over uh, multiple channels for broadcast. And uh, Hallmark Channel was one of said networks. And uh, we, you know, they delivered the, the spots. They all went up on air. And um, I got word that four of the six spots were going to be taken down. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even really have to ask. I remembered that two of those spots featured heterosexual couples only, um, and that the other four included the same sex couple. And when I found out that, you know, four of the six spots were getting taken down, I kind of deduced why that was. So the reason why they were pulled is, uh, this conservative group called 1 million moms, uh, petitioned to the network to remove the spots from the air because uh, they took issue with seeing the same-sex couple uh, having a wedding ceremony and kissing at the end of their of their ceremony. So Hallmark caved to uh, the demands of their demographic and decided to pull the ads. This, the, this one aspect of it seems to have triggered, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, a certain demographic, and Hallmark in particular has initially decided to remove it and there was a fairly strong uh, uproar about this you know probably the likes of which is you know Alan tweeting about it I mean how did you feel this has obviously never happened to you before right no I mean it's so funny I was uh, out to dinner with with my boyfriend and uh, you know he came back from the bathroom and was like you're the number one trending topic on Twitter right now and I was like I'm <laughs> what I I because I, I I don't use Twitter. I don't get it. I, I, I just, I never got into it. It's not really my thing. So, uh, I, I'm really not surprised by the backlash from the LGBTQ community and, and its allies. I mean, I think, I think Hallmark's decision to pull the ads was, was wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obvious discrimination and, um, yeah, I, 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 but it was wild, you know. I just, I kept getting friends were sending me, sending me links to the New York Times and Rolling Stone and Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and the BBC, as you said, and uh, Ellen's tweet and people that were retweeting me, and it, it, it was definitely, um, yeah, I've never, <laughs> I've never been uh, this involved in a, in a sort of uh, cultural conversation the way that this, the way that this. Uh, 
evolved, which I, which was great. I mean, I, I feel I feel really happy to be on on the right side of, of history with that and to have, you know, made something that that sparked such a huge conversation. Was was there as you were producing the piece and directing, was there any suspicion that there might be um, any backlash to the representation of, of a of a same sex marriage on screen? Not at all, to be to be honest. It's it's really not even something I thought about. I mean, of the three weddings that, that we captured, that one was was always my my favorite. Um, I just loved the look of it. I loved our talent in the piece. Um, but you know, I'm I'm a left-leaning artist living in Los Angeles who who has a lot of gay friends, and you know, it's sort of just that's part of my lifestyle. I didn't really like just I didn't think twice about it. But you know, Zola wasn't really that concerned either because they they're fully supportive of the LGBTQ community. They have so many clients who who. Um, identify as, you know, a member of that community that use their platform and um, are big fans of theirs. So they they specifically wanted to be inclusive of, of those people. And given that, you know, I guess the the focus has been the Hallmark Channel, which is the, you know, we're, the movie we're reviewing uh, this week is Christmas at Dollywood. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm curious as a consumer of media, I mean, you know, maybe Hallmark's not something you watch a lot of anyway, but but how do you feel about them? Uh, now having sort of experienced this one uh, sort of fundamentally uh, unique uh, experience in, in, in your work? Um, I, I still haven't delved too, you know, too much into their, into their programming. I only, I only know sort of the, the generic um, classification of, of what they make, which seems to be a lot of white, heteronormative, uh, like, very strict gender roles cemented in a- antiquity. <laughs> um, so I, I think that uh, there's there's a demographic of people for whom that that works, and that's who they they cater to. Um, I just I, I think that it's a fairly regressive uh, way of uh, or just a regressive sort of form of entertainment. I was very surprised at the offense taken by One Million Moms at your spot because it's such a lovely little spot. It's such a lovely, you know, uh, expression of love. There's no, it seems to fall in line with everything Hallmark seems to want to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's that it's kind of surprising, that, you know. But but it's in in many ways it's not surprising at all. I guess uh, in terms of uh, what they took offense at. Perhaps it was a bit of a of a knee jerk reaction on on the part of those of those people who you know rather than than see the spot as what you say is just a celebration of love and and a, di- a different version of of their family up on screen they just decided to to take up arms and it, it's really upsetting because it, it it what it says the message it says is that you know, people who are gay don't, you know, should be censored and that their families are not legitimate and that their love is not legitimate and that their stories don't matter and that these huge celebratory milestones in their life don't deserve to be seen. And I think that that's just really heartbreaking for for anyone to think about any group of people. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to just um, uh, read you a quick uh, byline from One Million Moms, which are, which is basically their About Us page, um, which is uh, which goes something like this: Mom, are you fed up with the filth many segments of our society, especially in the entertainment media, are throwing at our children? Are you tired of all the negative influences our children are forced to contend with? If we, if so, we urge you to become a member of One Million Moms. Filth. <laughs> yeah, the filth. I, I can't quite imagine anyone. Uh, with any rational empathy in their body, looking at your at the spot for Zola, and associating that word with it, um, it is uh, as you say regressive beyond rationality. I think mm-hmm. um, more than anything. Um, so yeah, I, I it's it, and I think it it certainly regardless of Hallmark's decision to rescind. I mean, are you are you pleased that Hallmark rescinded the decision? I am. I mean, it was it was the right thing to do. Um, it it's sad it had to happen in the first place and that this is still a conversation that we're having in 2020 practically um but but you know i am i am glad that that they reversed it i i hope that there is some sincere remorse behind that decision um i know that publicly they've said that they thought that it what they what they did was wrong but um you know, the unfortunate, the cynic in me says that, you know, a lot of it comes down to dollars and cents and 1 million moms, which, you know, they actually have about 4,000 followers on Twitter. That's really nothing in comparison to the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, um, all writing about about this. And um, again, the cynic in me is sort of like, well, it was maybe a dollar and cents uh, business decision to put them back on the air uh, and, you know, even bigger social pressure than they thought that they would, than they had initially from, from One Million Moms. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I do, I do think it was the right thing to do. And I do think that ideally, rather than stewing in, in upset and, and hate that, I, I hope that the people who had issue with the spot in the first place see, you know, all over social media, how this has really affected people and, and hurt people and hurt families. Um, so I, I'm hoping that this will, this will just be a, positive thing moving forward well lauren thank you so much for your time and uh if anyone wants to see more of your work where could people find you and i and i would urge all of our listeners to do so uh lauren is a fantastic director extremely talented um and one whom hopefully we'll be seeing a feature film from shortly indeed thank you uh well you can go to laurensick.com uh you can find me at laurensick on instagram um and yeah say hi dang well, thank you, Lauren, for for sharing all that with with us. That was uh, it's like it, I'd I'd heard about this over you know over the course of social media, and to 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 sort of see it from her perspective is is amazing. Yeah, and and please do go look at uh, Lauren's work. Uh, it's at uh, laurensick.com. That's L A U R E N S I C K. She's a fantastic director, very thoughtful, as you can as you can yeah. uh, guess from that interview as well. And uh, I think we, I, I didn't, you know, like I, I thought we were here to kind of have fun with Christmas at Dollywood, nope. just to kind of like <laughs> bandy this film around, which is you know obviously a little bit of a ridiculous, you know, it, as you've identified already, Blake is kind of fully within the spectrum of what Hallmark movies are. Nothing is no surprises here whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that this happened right before we got into this conversation really points to something a little bit more intriguing about what Hallmark represents as a brand and what this 
influx of movies that come out every year kind of means uh, on a larger scale? Because I, I don't know the metrics of how many people watch these movies. I don't, I don't even know how many of these movies come out. But they seem... For people who watch them, there is a sense that you know it's kind. Of, it feels like um, maybe a, a more a smaller scale version of essentially what the Disney formula is, which is that it's safe product. It's meant for families. You can turn it on without any worry or concern. It's it's not a new. It, it, in fact, one million moms mandate kind of feels somewhat in line. Obviously, their their mandate seems a little bit more perverse uh, than what this film stands for. But but I think now that we've sort of had, you know, talked about this as a particular experience. I mean, you've watched a lot of these movies. Do you think, you know, what Lauren's talking about in terms of the slightly regressive quality that these films have, you know, means anything in terms of how you watch this film? Uh, yes, it was the very first thing that my wife and I noticed when we started watching these things it was is the uh, the gender politics are. I mean, like regressive to the point of hilarious. Right. It is every single one starts and ends with a career girl being chastised, but usually by her father for working too hard in the city and right. needing to come home. And it's implied, marry your high school boyfriend and have kids. Right. Which they never say, but it, it always ends there. Right. And so that is that is the overarching thing in almost every one of these movies. And even if she like continues working, which is 50-50 at best, yeah. it's always like for her dad or at Dollywood, like a very <laughs> like safe for women kind of environment. And I'll say this too, part of the idea of them all of all these movies being the same seems to be that they have this sort of like Netflix model where they don't ever want you to turn the channel off. Right. And so they need everything to feel like it's part of the same movie all yeah. the time. So you don't even know where they start and stop or whatever. Like you'll just never even check the guide. You just leave it on all day long while you're making cookies or whatever. If you want it in, in the middle of the day. It makes no difference. Makes you're fine. No, yeah. so, you know what's, so you know what's interesting? Just I, I, From a business model of that perspective, because I 100% agree, that is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into the sort of the more um, societal bits of this and how it is detrimental in a, in a second. Mm -hmm. But just to stay on this topic of this is, so if this is what they're doing, they mm -hmm. want you to just leave it on all the time. Mm -hmm. How effective, and there must be studies about this, but and this is sort of a general question, do we think, because obviously we don't have the data in front of us. How effective is advertising with that actual business model? Because if you're not yeah. paying attention to the thing, I mean, I know commercials are broadcast at a slightly louder decibel, <laughs> so maybe you'll perk up and turn when the Tide commercial or whatever comes on or whatever, you know. You know so, like, what's the... I wonder if it's effective, and it it must be because they pump out so many and they do this, but that strikes me as odd. Yeah, well, they deeply integrate the commercials as it is. Right. Like, they look like the movies. Right. And they feel like movies, and they often have the same cast as the movies. Really? Of, of what? Different. Well, they'll like they'll do all kinds of like testimonials from longtime cast members, like uh, what's Kirk Cameron's sister or whatever will pop up, um, or it used to be Lori Laughlin, who is not available. No, no is she not available? All. What would happen with Lori Laughlin? She's very busy. For oh, she's, some okay, reason. fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, Working on a different project. <laughs> I hear it's falling uh, apart. Yes, it's not going well. Um, but those people will do like, oh, my favorite Christmas at whatever, and they'll tell a story about their dad, and then it'll run like a Tide commercial with a woman that looks exactly like her. Right. And then they'll come back and do another one with another woman that you've seen in a different movie. You know, it's like, it just all is like this never-ending flow. So you don't really notice the commercials, which I think is why they're probably extra touchy about something that causes trouble that like they don't even want you to see it. Oh, 100%. Right. And to be clear, they're advertising the other movies during these movies. Yes. Like there's oh, the little really? pop-ups that like come up. And so it's like, much text. It's like, screen. yeah. So much text like Snowball Mountain yep. or like, you know, Candy Cane Bullshit Town. Like, it's very, it's very, that's what I noticed the first thing. Like, within the first 
two minutes of, of Christmas at Dollywood, I'm like, you're advertising Snow Cone Lane. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? The date and title is on on screen all of the time. Yeah. And then it's just a cycle, the whole movie, of the other ones that are coming yeah. out. And they all have the same title. Christmas at Grand Valley, Christmas Wonderland, <laughs> Christmas yeah. Joy, Christmas Hope. They're all the The hope and joy of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Joy Hope. So, and, and, you know, the thing that I think is interesting there is that if it cut to a commercial like Lauren's commercial mm-hmm. for Zola, uh, where a same-sex couple are getting married, and like like I said, you know, when I was talking to her, you know, the thing about this commercial, um, and she does some really extraordinary, you know, really visually stylistic and yeah. dynamic work, and this is um, this is really beautifully executed, but it is a very stock standard commercial. It's a very nice looking, lovely. It's like a Hallmark commercial. It's it a Hallmark commercial. It it's like exactly a, she delivered exactly what yeah. they ordered. It, like, and, well, it wasn't delivered crucial, for not Hallmark. For the Hallmark, but you know what I mean. Like she delivered a yeah. product that fits. Yeah. The the look and style of the rest of this flow state that Blake is talking. Yeah, about. So what is two versions of it? And, yeah. and well, I, yeah, two out of two we, out of six. We obviously all know what the answer to this question is, or what the answer to this dynamic is. But what is it about a same sex couple <laughs> that that doesn't work as far as either One Million Moms or Hallmark? Are, are concerned with and I and I think it actually goes deeper beyond the the question of like just being offended by the idea of a same sex couple. Mm-hmm. It goes be into the into the idea that one while the films are heteronormative, they're also institutionally founded on the idea of a nuclear family. Oh, it is crucial. Yeah. That, is, that is the crucial backbone for all these films. And it's the crucial backbone for Christmas at Dollywood. Mm-hmm. And and the idea of a family that doesn't follow that uh, guideline is the is the offensive thing. It's almost like it it it, it almost doesn't matter that it was a same sex couple. It could be anything that breaks that boundary. I yes. actually disagree. Mm. Really? Well, so here's the deal: you could make Christmas at Dollywood with any combination of human beings in those roles. Like you you can, and it would make complete sense. It's and and, it, and because of the look and the feel, it would not even break the flow state, except for one little inkling of a thing which maybe a million moms might have a, a hint of in their heart this holiday season and that's fucking homophobia like I, I mean no I 100% I, agree that homophobia is is within 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 this but that is the homophobia plays to this idea that what is normative in the society yeah. is a nuclear man woman two child kind of family and even and and the thing that I thought was interesting in terms of watching this particular film is that we're not really clear about what happened to um uh, the the previous family because uh, uh, Rachel's previous family right oh like, he did is he is he dead there's not a divorce there's not a divorce he's just gone he's just gone yeah, but I right? thought he died I it kind of seems oh they that don't way. even oh well, I, don't maybe even I just say read it. into we the text a little yeah. too clear because he and could because, be divorced or dead but they're not going to say either they one could of those. be both yeah because yeah. If, because I think you know like equally if they would the the notion that they divorced for some specific reason doesn't fit into this kind of format that they're kind of are sometimes at war that one is allowed. Oh, they're sometimes. Oh, they're at war. At war. They're yeah. at war. Yeah. That's good. Do, do, I do, do believe the U.S. Army sometimes sponsors these because there are occasionally Christmas scenes where guys are in the field and <laughs> someone will bring them a turkey or a tree or something, <laughs> but they don't come home. They're the only ones that like break the rules. Uh-huh. And it's always like a weird side, but that to seems like a movie. noble, noble reason to die, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be acceptable, I guess. Yeah, so. but turkey but like, first. <laughs> but uh, but cheating on your wife or no, or no, no. Oh, or no, deciding no. not to be married anymore is not no is not the no conflictness. They yeah. don't even change the costumes. They're and not going to deal with that. I don't want to underplay the the homo- the the blatant homophobia that's at play mm-hmm. within that. But I think you know, like it is. 
in a weird way, it is 2019. Um, f- people are kind of acknowledging the fact that that you know, like uh, LGBTQ community, you know, people are out there, and and you know, like there. I find this in the sort of in the rhetoric of politics this day, uh, this day and age. There's a there's a sense that homophobia is obviously the underlying cause, but it seems to be couched in sort of like family values or... But that's or, what... That's kind of classic. But that's the thing, flavor. right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's not even a chicken or the egg scenario. It's the homophobia that causes all those other things. Because again, script-wise, spoiler alert, because a person is a fucking person, like, you could replace any person in this movie with a different type of person. I've done it. It works fine. It, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's still ridiculous, and yeah. it's still, you know, but like... That's that's the thing. How many? First of all, I'm sorry. Mm. Side note: one million moms. There's how many no, moms? How are many there? fucking moms are in this fucking? How, it, like, do we know? We we know it is not a million. Well, Lauren uh, Lauren pointed out that they had four thousand Twitter followers. Um, uh, I so think less Twitter nine, followers. Maybe they have it. more. They're a little in bigger their, on Facebook. Okay, like ninety thousand. Something in that range. Ninety thousand. It's funny. Sure in it's in New fast. Zealand, uh, we had a group like this. I can't remember uh, the the. Society for the Protection of Children's Always. Rights or something like that. 10,000 mums? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10,000 mums. You know who doesn't care about this? The children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At all. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> Kids don't no, give soci- a shit. Society- Any kid watching Hallmark movies has much bigger problems. Yeah, society oh, for the God. Protection of ch- of some... Of s- Family values, or something like that, sure. something along those lines. Yeah. And it turns out it's just one guy. It yeah. was like it's literally one guy. But this, but this particular person in New Zealand had figured out how to play the legal system in yeah, order yeah. to get what they wanted. So they were able to pull, and, and they specifically were interested in films. Um, and so they were able to pull films um, by petitioning in the exact right way in order to cause the question mark to be raised about this film. Um, and and I feel like One Million Moms kind of almost does the same thing, which is that if we can raise enough voices to say, hey. Hallmark, we don't like this. We're going to boycott this. Or in this particular case, if they could just name themselves a large number, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, one billion. And is it, isn't it started by? Isn't it started by two men? I believe it is two dudes, and it's an it's an offshoot from a different Christian like media. I mean, listen, group, I don't so. want to. I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to throw stones in this particular case, but I would say that. If a group uh, that is representing moms has two male figures in it, that oh. might not be. I mean, I don't know. You I know family is family. Family. Oh wait, now family's family. <laughs> if family, family is now, but not okay. Oh boy. <laughs> and so, well, yeah. And I mean, I, I got to say, it is. It is obviously it's couched in homophobia, but it is, it feels like it's it's kind of. The, the presenting argument is something broader than that, but, it, you know, like whether it actually has any validity to it or not. And the interesting thing, I think, from the point of view of the, the actual commercial that Lauren directed, uh, is that it's fundamentally, it fits into that worldview. Again, right? like interchangeable. It, it, yeah, it would. Fundamentally fits into that worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not intentionally, not, 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 no. not pandering to that, but it's like, yeah, this is a nice, happy couple. Yeah, it's two are, pretty people getting married. Who it are buying... The safest who, of... You who know, are buying product. Who are, yeah, <laughs> buying product. And that's, that's, that's... I love this, because I love the fact that Hallmark has uh, now reinstated, because literally, <laughs> it, a small... A, a big sounding group said, we're not gonna... We're boycotting you, so they're like, oh, no! And so then they... They stopped showing it. Then a shit ton of larger groups were like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Hallmark, you piece of shit? And then they're like, oh, no, again! And then they put them back. And 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 like you said when you were talking, they, they you know, it'd be really nice if they did it out of a sense of, like, they, feel, they actually feel like they did something wrong and this was not correct. But we know in, I mean, and you know what? I'm not even enraged that, like, a corporation has no feelings because a corporation isn't a person. But, but like... Yay that they put them back. Mm-hmm. It sucks that it took 
you know, a struggle of, of, of economic power to then kind of push the needle forward towards actual, um, I'll even say towards actual family values. And by that, I mean, just in a loving group of people that take care of one another, you fucks. I just, I get so mad because these, these, these groups, I can't even fault because it is the sort of the almighty dollar capitalism, etc. Um, and it is good they put it back. I just think uh, we should we should be very clear, knowing when even a good thing happens in these things, it is a financial decision a hundred percent. There was a big issue here that the the Hallmark card company is the boss in the situation over the channel, and it sound, and they have a whole like long long line of. LGBT wedding cards yeah. that are available at those stores and they have for a very long time. Yeah. And it sounded like the movie people got a call from the card people who were like, hey, don't screw this up. Right. You're working for us. And yeah. that was when things turned around. So. <laughs> I mean, when when big paper comes at you. Exactly. Uh, those, you know where the money comes from. Yeah. And paper cuts suck. <laughs> yeah, they'll, so, they'll touch you. Yeah. So there's one other factor to this particular film, which I think is really interesting because I've been listening to a podcast uh, for the last week, uh, or last couple of weeks. Uh, it's a produced, long time. Uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> podcast uh, put out by WNYC uh, and Radio Lads Jad Abu Murad, uh, and it's called Dolly Parton's America. Ooh. And I think the other part of this particular film that I think is really fascinating is Dolly Parton and Dollywood. Have either of you been to Dollywood? I'll take that one. Yes. You have? Yeah, I, have I have not. Well, you guys what have never seen it? Pigeon Forge in the winter? No. Oh, what is it Dollywood? It doesn't snow there, so don't take that as a... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I mean, my, once in a great while. My 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 yeah. impression of Dollywood is entirely shattered at this wintry yeah, wonderland. I'm so sorry. What is what is Dollywood? Uh, it is Dolly Parton's theme park. <laughs> I, maybe in the 80s. I don't know when she built it. Mm. Whenever she really got a fortune for herself. Yeah. Um, and it looks a little ramshackle now. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Um, right. But it, uh, she built herself a theme park. That's it. And she like kind of lives nearby, so she'll stop by. <laughs> uh, they do a lot of shows. It has like a Branson vibe. Yeah. Um. Some kind of cut rate roller coasters. I mean, that's look, no shade whatsoever. If you are rich enough for whatever you oh, do yeah. to open an actual theme park, mm-hmm. like open a theme park. I'm not talking about some other musical stars that opened park like things. I'm talking about like actual, like anyone can go, price of admission, come and enjoy this festive thing I built. Yeah. I think that's pretty dope. Yeah. I, I, I like Dolly Parton the best. Yeah. No, again, you have to listen to this podcast because basically it tr- it traces, it, it's not only just a, a history of who Dolly Parton is, who, you know, someone I'm, I'm sort of not that familiar. I mean, you know, obviously heard the songs, but not super familiar with her cultural importance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also traces like this personal journey that um, the host, Jad Amumrad, has to like, what does Dolly Parton mean for America? And like, what is, what is the popularity of Dolly Parton imply about America, well, about American culture at large? And one of the things that I think they get to in this idea is that Dolly Parton is, as, as a cultural representative, uh, fairly contradictory. You know, like she is a, a, a contradictory icon in that in that she ultimately represents this sort of Appalachian background, this sort of uh, small town. You know, like she even calls herself sort of a, a hillbilly kind of mm-hmm. approach. But she is one of the most inclusive and genuinely nice and thoughtful people. And you know, ironically, in the case of the the Zola commercial, um, she's also a, 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 a major icon in the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. One that she is happily embraces and is and is willing to you know engage with and and it represents this sort of interesting contradiction in in how we see ourselves and what we think about ourselves uh as an american as as an american society and i i was like i was really curious obviously this film doesn't discuss 
anything like that or or anything about that. In this film, mm-hmm. I, I was like, "Is Dolly Parton Santa Claus?" Like, like, is, <laughs> cause I mean, I was, yes. Everyone was like um, talking about her, like, like she was this amazing, and she like swooped. I was like, "Is she Santa Claus or Jesus? Which one like, is she?" You'll know when she's here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it gets weirder with Dolly, even because she. This is like, um, if you're going into deep cuts, she yeah. had a very famous uh, like ABC Christmas movie. I think 30 years ago, Rocky Mountain Christmas. Okay, which yeah. This is like the anniversary of. Yeah. And this is like classic Dolly. Um, it is the movie is about entirely the opposite of what her life was. It's about like a woman that stayed home and raised these kids in the mountains, but it was clearly shot on an LA soundstage, right? Like in the peak of her fame. Yeah. Um, when she had done none of those things, like she, you know, she went, she went to the biggest city she could get to at age sixteen and became a superstar, and married a man that you have never seen because he doesn't appear publicly. She has no children, right, by choice. Yeah, and uh, this is her life. Like that's, it's a very wonderful life. That is the opposite of every Hallmark movie you've ever seen. Yeah, right. Um, and yet she still is like somehow an ideal on both sides of that. She rides the she rides the knife's edge uh, perfectly. Yes. Um, real quick, before we continue on with Dolly, something we forgot, and I think it's very important because mm-hmm. she here. I, I shit you not. This is the first <laughs> time that in all of our in all of our podcasts, two hundred and forty something podcasts, that we've ever seen an IMDb description that is blatantly false. Oh, okay, okay. This is what IMDb says. Mark uh, is just like Christmas oh, at Dollywood. Do not care. Here it is. A Broadway producer <laughs> travels to Tennessee in an effort to save her holiday extravaganza. That is almost half right. Maybe. It's almost <laughs> half right. Is she a Broadway producer? No. She's New York. She, but she's not that she's kind a of New York. She's a New York party planner. Yes. Right. Yeah. And she sa- she goes to Tennessee. <laughs> sure. She does do to, that. To save. To save her holiday extravaganza. No. That is not what happens. Uh, now, fill me back in on this. So this is... Uh, uh, this stars uh, Danica McKellar. Oh, Winnie Cooper. Winnie uh, Cooper. From the, from the Wonder Years. Um, she, she's a, a... This is like her fifth or sixth. She does, yeah, she's a staple. Oh, really? She's a, a staple. Well, so that's the Knives Out reference. Mm-hmm. Ah. So in Knives Out, when they reference the Hallmark movies, they literally name drop her twice. They're like, oh my God, it was when she did this thing. And like, mm-hmm. there's... Two moments when they name drop her because she's become such a staple for these. And things. in a different Christmas movie, she her father was played by uh, Dan Loria, who was Kevin Arnold's father. Oh, on, uh, oh, so, so this is what happens. This is what they ha- do. They bring a lot of like older TV stars uh, what's, together. What's, to what's make her name? Um, uh, DJ Tanner. Why am I? <laughs> I, don't, Full House. I don't remember. Her name, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she does a bunch. She's yeah. done two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she what? Now she comes back to Tennessee uh, to visit her family, right? But she ends up getting roped into this into this party planning yes. because she goes for a job interview at Dollywood. Um, and and it, now th- this is the weirdest part. <laughs> like, no, there's a lot of weird there's a lot parts. of weird parts. <laughs> I mean, if I, if we're gonna say one, I, if I'm gonna review this film or just kind of t- talk about my classification of the film, it, it, it oddly reminded me of a combination of of two things. One is the room, um, <laughs> always yeah. the Tommy Wiseau film. It just felt like bitter produced scenes of that of 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 moments from the room. And the second was, I thought a lot about the Truman Show. And I thought a lot about the reality that was created for Truman on the show. Before, you know, Christoph gets involved, before everyone, like, you know, before the whole reality falls apart, his life, you know, uh, tr- if, if anyone remembers the, the Peter Weir film, uh, Truman has this sort of, like, almost idyllic life where basically the major conflicts in his life are whether he's going to get that promotion or not, or whether, you know, like, um, he and his wife are going to have a baby. They're very, like, ma- and mm. and what I thought about there is the idea that those are, in, in the Truman show, they're entirely manufactured conflicts that have no real significance other than keep other to keep an, a, a 
an audience kind of placated for a while. And that's really what I felt was happening in this film, which is that, you know, as you pointed out, there's no real conflict in this movie whatsoever. Are you trying to say the Christmas tree farm is not always in danger? <laughs> the Christmas Was the Christmas tree farm <laughs> not in, in this movie? Not in this movie. movie. No, no, classic. no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, when she goes back, uh, and I believe, what was what was her name? It's not Winnie Cooper. It's Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. When Rachel goes back uh, to, to Pigeon Forge, which is an amazing name for a town. Where she apparently grew up. Amazing little, yeah. name for a town. Right. They're, for, they're literally forging <laughs> pigeons. Is that what? No. Is, is a forge don't, like a don't, place? Don't read into it too <laughs> much. So she goes back and she gets this like side job while she's there because it's going to be good for her New York company. It's going to branch exactly. out. Dollywood's a big brand, so we got to get Dolly. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right? Then she runs into Luke. Luke. The uh, leading man of this production. Yeah, played by Luke Hackman. Hackman. His name's actually Luke? <laughs> hey, keep it simple. No, uh, sorry, no, no. His name is Luke Hackman. It's played by Neil Mader. Okay, that Neil was going to say. No, no shade to, to any of the people, the actors in this in this production. Nope. Then they're like, they seem like they're going in for the same job, but then instantly, just like you yeah, said, immediately. immediately, it's very clear that they're actually not in competition. Uh -huh. But then... Throughout their thing where they're working together, they still act like they are yes. a little bit, but thematically and story-wise, they are not competitors. They are not at odds whatsoever. The conflict never goes deeper than they have to get along, kind of. <laughs> they have to, like, eat a meal together. To do this lovely thing. Yeah. Oh, put together the wintertainment pageant, <laughs> yeah. you scumbag fucks. He's like, oh, no, I have to eat gingerbread cookies with her family. Oh, he's never had God. peppermint. He's never had peppermint <laughs> he's never before? Had <laughs> no, he had peppermint. No, no, he's no never, Yule log. He's never had a Yule, never log. Had a Yule, a Yule log. log. Yep. I was like, what kind of Christmas? And also, like, I just love the fact that uh, he's constantly being headhunted by this other company. Yeah, that he's guy like, shows up. Uh, yes. I was like, anytime, every time I've turned down a job that is it that yeah, is the they common. don't they don't come for you on yeah. christmas day well well <laughs> shahir you're just not as good as luke i'm yeah. not a good at, what Luke's is he skills. good at uh he's... being at dollywood since he was 15 that's yeah. what he's good at he's not done anything else no. and now no. he's going to be the general manager right right he's yes. going to take over uh also another thing about luke um <laughs> i don't know if anyone else got this but like you know uh so rachel has a daughter named ava yep. uh from a other marriage that mysteriously <laughs> ended and we have no <laughs> idea how uh who is very excited to be back in pigeon forge uh, also rachel's family are like chris psychopaths as yes, I feel like most insane. parents yes, in this always. are the yeah. decorations are insane they're yeah. doing all this tradition 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 and and when Luke finally is in a space when when Ava runs up to Rachel Luke is leaving like Luke's <laughs> like like I got shit to do oh, I'm yeah. Luke I need to go fucking yeah. manage my Lukeness <laughs> and he turns when Ava comes and he kind of like just he creepy this kid. he just like <laughs> creepy slides over and he's like Who's this? And you're like, <laughs> chill the fuck out, Luke. <laughs> like, I get we have to get here, but like, yeah. now is not the Wrong time. Wrong approach, Luke. It was like a slide. He like slimed his way over. It was oh, fucking no, I, weird. I, I took it as I took it as like the the most sincere version of this, which is like he was bewildered by the the innocence of a child. I'm I sure think that's, I, how, it th that's yeah. how it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I got a different. You got a different read, read of exactly, that. Yeah. Um, but then they call a truce, <laughs> even though there's no what, conflict. What, what, are the, what is the conflict that they're having? The, uh, it's, I think it's their approach to how they want to do the Dollywood Wintertainment pageant there, or whatever. There are always two approaches. There is the modern, updated version. Sure. Cool with the low kids. tables. And then there's that, you know what, let's take it back to the classic uh, yeah, low like grandma that. used to do. Yep. There's one called um, um, a gingerbread romance, which is a personal favorite where they have to build <laughs> an actual house, like a full livable-sized oh house God. out of gingerbread. That you this can is eat? from last year. Wow. Yeah, and it's a, it's a modern architect from the city <laughs> teamed up with the local baker. And that's the like, oh that's my the, god! So that's like the and then standard. they fuck. Just kidding, they don't. Oh. There's one dry one kiss. kiss under the mistletoe. one kiss under the fucking <laughs> god 
damn it, Hallmark! <laughs> you. Oh. What are you so angry about? You just, so, explain to me what you're because angry about. it's maddening, Blake. How you how you did this? Your constitution for bullshit must be just <laughs> it's, insane. It's off the charts. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you this: don't ever watch a whole one straight through. Is the is the ticket? I watched this one all the way through. In. I know it's very hard. It was hard for me to watch it, and I've seen them all. <laughs> oh my god! But it's best in tiny bites. What's funny? I, I you know like much I'll, like that gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just thinking about the ants. I'm like the, the, the colony of ants that are taking over this ginger, sequel. Uh, taking over this gingerbread house, and like what? How impossible oh it is to fuck in this house? But <laughs> it's not yeah. impossible. It's just sticky. Oh, it's just yeah. sticky and gross. Um, no, I I was really um, there was another part of me that was wondering about the the warmth and safety that this film provides the viewer, just, and I yeah, just a just a blanket of like. Ah, no, nope. <laughs> not for Matt. No, no. not for Matt. <laughs> no, I, mean, I get what you're. I, I, that's what it's doing, and that's what I think it does for its audience. But I think to even Blake's point before, the fact that this is literally lulling you into a flow state, yeah. like you have to sort of be conditioned for this for this to work. Yes, right. Because because I like like the Truman Show. I felt like Truman. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, this is not real. I am not. I'm not fucking. I'm not fucking crazy. Like that's that's the feeling I had with this. There's there's a god damn it. There's a cut from fucking Rachel. And Luke that cuts to another scene with Rachel and fucking Luke. all the time they do this. Yes, it's it's maddening. It's just yeah. a, it's just inept enough to throw off this the fucking warm blanket. It's plot. like the blanket's yeah. on fire and that's why it's warm and you have no fucking idea who lit it on fire. I'm gonna offer a theory here, Matt. Are you not from New Hampshire? Do I have this right? I am from New Hampshire. So you're from an actual New England Christmas. Like you probably have Christmas tree farms. There are Christmas tree farms. Region. I've been. I've I've worked at one 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 season. Yeah. So I'm curious. Does this not fly for someone no! that grew up in the Fuck gingerbread? No! Wonderland. Fuck no, that's oh, you might have hit something yeah. because that's the thing. There's okay, it's, it's all fantasy. It's so the fantasy it. of the other, which should whatever. But like, it's like people from certain places mm-hmm. trying to make these things and da, da da da. And that's not to say that Christmas and the holidays aren't sort of a magical time, especially when you're a kid and especially when it's snowy out. And mm-hmm. before you realize, snow is actually a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like when it's like when you're a kid, when you don't have to deal with that in. shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe and maybe that's why I'm like this blanket. Is moldy and yeah. covered in gingerbread ants. She here. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna get dark. I'm sorry. I'm day. yelling. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming back to this point that <laughs> <laughs> I want I, because of, because of the uh, the discussion we had with Lauren, where where you know she talks about how it be, it's um, heteronormative and regressive. You know, built on an idea of uh, women gender roles that I think is anti, is far far antiquated, and I and I hundred percent agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I think that I is interesting though is that the film is kind of a gentle tome. For for a life that is um, for 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 a peaceful life, like there's nothing about mm. this that is like outwardly anti-gay or anti um, anti-feminism or anti uh, anti equality. Except there's no <laughs> gay people in it, and there's one African American <laughs> yeah. person. No, but yeah. but I think oh, but oh, I think one. see the the point here that I that I want to get at is it's the because I, you know for example I talk about this with John Wick for example, which is that I don't want to hold John Wick accountable for the for the idea of like perpetuating violence in society or or promoting a a, a sort of identity that is um, that is inherently about violence and you know. Uh, and, and that sort of thing, and it, you don't. I don't want to level that complaint at this singular film. No. But, but what's interesting about it is because that these films come at you with a large 
a, you know, essentially volume because of quantity. So there, it's not this. It's not the fact that this this single film has this particular point of view. It's the or or that this point of view is particularly offensive. You know, like what they're talking about in this particular film isn't. You know, it's like a, you know, a a family coming together essentially, or the formation of a new family. But it's the idea that 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 this is. The, there's no nuance to that, and there, and that this is the only, seemingly the only viable way for mm-hmm. this family to go forward. It's across many films. It's, it's nor- the same family. It's literally stars. normalization. It's yes. the same. It's the same thing with violence in cinema. But watching a violent <laughs> film will not make you violent. But watching many violent films will normalize your reaction to violence. It's not going to turn a non-violent person. Same with video games. Same with everything else. I, God, I've talked about normalization way too much this year. But the, the but that's exactly what's happening here. Is the again the flow state of this 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 shit river is like. Uh, it is. It is. It does smell like peppermint, though. They did something to it where it's like you know that there's a tinge, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It's normalization. They're normalizing what they consider a f- family values should be. It could right. not be more narrow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's right the, the shit river is 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 not wide. You can probably step over it if you have a <laughs> wide enough gate. Yeah, um, change to any other channel. Literally, <laughs> other channel. Um, this this okay. I've been I've been talking a lot of bad things. <laughs> Dolly Parton is a goddamn delight. Let's all just Dolly Parton. Dolly, yeah. How uh, do we know Dolly Parton's age? You know what? I don't even want to know doesn't because matter. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Ageless. Yep. She is is effervescent. A, a good way to describe a, a ethereal being. I mean, it's like a it's a base low level for her. Like she's way beyond effervescent. She is. She's but it's like the best word you got. But, but everyone in the film does treat her that way as well. Like yeah. there's this idea this Dolly's coming in, mm-hmm. and at first, and I was like, yeah, at Dolly first is I was like, that's bullshit. Like no, no, because no. I'm not I'm not a huge Dolly fan. Yeah. Until you see her, and you're yeah. like, this woman is a. Is a is a fay yeah. like this person is blows them all off the screen. It's nuts. <laughs> you should like honestly listen to the podcast because Jad Brad has this thing where he talks he talks about how he has this conversation with her and he says he just goes into this flow state because he just starts listening to her and he kind of drifts away you know like listening to her stories and like she's effortlessly charming and he's just delighted to be around her that he can't actually get a question in. Um, yeah, I, I mean I was kind of feeling that way because I was listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the podcast actually does something really interesting, which then takes like and explores some of the contradictions in Dolly and, and where her story comes from. Mm. Um, nothing nothing sinister, obviously, <laughs> but it's just sort of interesting to explore. Um, she has a puppy you're not murder find anything farm. Sinister, yeah. <laughs> She's Is she the antithesis? Not the antithesis. Is she the natural companion to someone like Fred Rogers? <laughs> it's close. Mm, what if Dolly Parton and Fred Rogers had had children? Well, I mean, I'm oh, even talking about that. Yeah. I mean, other than that's literally, you want family values, there's your second coming of Christ. But what, like, what, although that's probably too white for Christ, actually. The, uh, you know, my, my analogy yeah, is flawed. Sure. Yeah. But, like, I, I can't think of two other people, two other public-facing individuals where I'm like, yes, this is this is a person that everyone should idolize and try to be an iota of sort of like. I'll say this. You remember when Miley Cyrus was getting in trouble for sure. like, wagging her tug around at the VMAs or whatever that yep. was? Um, the thing that calmed that down was when her godmother, Dolly Parton, the next day was like, I'm going to talk to her. 
Really? Everyone was Holy like, everyone shit, was like, All really? Right, cool, Dolly's got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, do any of the other Hallmark films have like this? Because I will liken it to being like a Christ-like figure who comes in, who's like the deus ex machina of the story, who seems to have this all... She knows both Luke and Rachel, and she kind of like... She <laughs> Somehow, seems, yes. She, see, she feels like she was the guiding hand. She you also know? watches him kiss, and she goes like, that's a happy ending. <laughs> and I didn't even find it creepy. I didn't no, find it creepy. But she, on she, paper, it is. Yes. But she's thought she's like she's like he's a great guy you know like she's yep. just like like, like that, there, Luke he's the best he's the best <laughs> like are there are there other characters like that who have do fulfill that role uh not really Th- this is why I was a little slow on recommending Christmas at Dollywood because this mm. is kind of a unique thing yeah. not only because there's nobody else like Dolly but it, like Christmas at Graceland is the only thing that compares and that right. has Priscilla Presley instead of Elvis because right. you know obvious yeah. oh why <laughs> yeah. oh, you guys didn't hear <laughs> oh no He's still spoiler alive. alert for Elvis Presley's life news yeah. everyone yeah um, we got so so I thought it might throw things off a little bit, which it didn't. It just changed like three minutes of the movie <laughs> because she only pops up at the end. I did think that Dolly was very much the Poochie of this movie. Where <laughs> if she wasn't on screen, everyone was asking, "Where's Dolly? Where's Dolly?" Yeah, and then she flows off into space. She, <laughs> off. she did not die on the way to her home planet. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you who the least fucking important person in this goddamn film is? <laughs> Who's that? Please. Eric. Do you remember Eric? No one knows. Eric is the jackass who can't figure out how to plug in the LED oh, tree. The boot drive. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the literal quote, uh, I believe, is well, that's Luke's uh, brain trust idea. Is Luke says to Eric, who's like just thumbing his, his fucking yeah, computer. For days, all he yeah. has to do is turn on a tree. Yeah, he and goes, check the master boot drive. <laughs> well, let's back up. Tell us what the, the um, uh, Blake, tell us what the oh, major Eric. conflict towards the end of this There's film. No conflict. Well, the major the event that oh, Eric my. is part of uh, towards the end of this movie. Well, Eric is trying to prove himself as general manager material. Right? Luke, Luke is. No, Luke is. Excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, Luke, come yes. on. These I, people are not interchangeable. I can't believe I confused them. <laughs> yeah. You're, you know, apology accepted. Eric is the slightly less attractive. Luke is already like a B-plus attractive, and Eric is a C-plus. You know what's funny is about these actors is like, I was like, oh, Nobody Luke, gets into the A's. No, yeah. but if Luke was like, if they just like changed the framing a little bit, Luke is, uh, Eric is much more handsome than oh, Luke. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know? And I was yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. they just lit him differently, he's, he's a little shorter. He's the hero of this movie, or he could just be the hero of the next movie. <laughs> if he just knew how to open his laptop, he'd be fine. Luke, improving his general manager abilities is, I believe, in charge of basically lighting the Christmas tree <laughs> at the finale <laughs> of the finale. Wintertainment. Not even or like whatever. the whole operation. They like that's all kind of managed. They just have to get the tree to turn on, <laughs> which seems to be impossible. And obviously, there's operations people involved who actually do that. He's Eric is one of those operations. You people. would think, yeah. yeah, Eric is not so skilled. Uh, <laughs> Eric and I literally throughout my notes, it's like, oh, Eric. It's like I'm reading things about the thing. Like, oh, here's a quote. Like, Dollywood's my home. And then it's like, uh, Eric, fix that tree. You got to fix it. And then it's like, oh, wait. Then they, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, they go, one person's bossy is another person's dance partner. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh. Hey, Eric, fix the tree. You have to fix this before the thing. And I keep going and going and going. And then I'm like, oh, I counted 17 glissendos in this entire thing. Then I'm like, Eric, fix the fucking tree. And and spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, spo- we're in the spoiler section we are, uh, yeah. of Christmas Tune Dollywood. Out, everyone. Uh, he does reset the master boot drive. But it, it's close. It's close. It and Dolly fails. even looks over like, in a kind way, like, what could possibly go yeah. wrong? And then it gets fixed. There's no I, actually, way Eric screwed this up. You know yeah. what? I think Dolly did it. I think <laughs> Dolly fixed it. I think Eric's a piece of shit. <laughs> I, oh, God. I would have loved if yeah. the finale of this movie, Dolly just floats in and, like, <laughs> starts using mind tricks, but then she, like, goes too far and, like, squishes someone. <laughs> like, 
like she <laughs> squeezes their brain and kind of gets like scanners or something. It like would have been nice if Dolly just tapped the tree and then it worked. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, something else lovely, and then I think we should. Probably just gonna, my head's gonna explode if we keep <laughs> yeah. talking about yeah. the Blake. You, you are you, you are really raging about this it's movie. It's just so yeah. inf- like between the hallmark, the, the the behind the scenes stuff that we got to hear about and we've read about all week in 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 mm. social media and the movie in general and the fact that Blake bless. Your your insane heart. I do it for all of our sins. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you are, you are a, a savior in your own right. It's just, it's the entire thing is a bit maddening, um, and and I just, I just don't know where I belong anymore. Maybe I belong. We broke him. back in Pigeon Forge with all of you. Am I there? Are, are, is is Pigeon Forge the friends we made along the way? Is Dollywood oh. worth visiting, Blake? Uh yeah, I mean yeah in the eighties yeah it depends on your do you have a time machine I will I don't want to slam Dollywood there is one thing you should think twice about before you go to Dollywood what's that which is that there is a medieval times like operation there yeah but it is a civil war reenactment and guess who wins and uh, no I think uh, Do- uh, Dolly Are you got fucking uh, kidding me shut it no, down yeah no Dolly got in trouble for the well not in trouble but the this it's it, been it was called the the Dixie the Dixie something Stampede Dixie the, Stampede. the Dixie Stampede and yeah. um so for those who don't know the Dixie Stampede was a show that was done at the medieval times at around uh Dollywood which featured kind of confederate the confederacy as uh, did they won, right? It's like a lost cause, but thing. it's not it's a medieval like, times. It's just a of. horse and battle show. We're <laughs> yeah, not yeah. we're not besmirching the good name of medieval times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a sand pit with animals and fighting, but <laughs> not that brand. And yes. after Charlottesville, uh, this, oh, is that true? Yeah, it was after okay. Charlottesville. This uh, the they uh, initially what uh, I think the the Dollywood Corporation did was change the name of the to the from the Dixie Stampede to something else, and then in, I think they've entirely removed it now. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure about that. That would seem uh, like the right. But it seems it seems like basically you know, and this is part of that complicated history that mm-hmm. uh, that Jed Amarad was talking about in in uh, Dolly Parton's America, which is that you know what does Dolly Parton represent in terms of the our history of both the Confederacy and slavery and and you know uh, our cultural history of the South as well. Um, so uh, did that part bother you at all <laughs> when you were there? Were you like? I mean, I was like five. You were five. Yeah. So. But were you like, man? I, I never saw the show. Oh, so okay. I had that going because I, I would have loved it afterwards. You were like, man, yeah. these Confederates—they were great. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh. So where where now you've seen a bunch of these? Where do you mm-hmm. place this on the spectrum? I mean, the spectrum seems fairly narrow for for what can be good. I'm I'm mm. so I'm curious to look out for the moment when a director does something in these movies. I'll let that, you know. Is yeah, there like, a spectrum, yeah. Yeah. or is there just the one color of lily white? <laughs> well, there are four genres. I yeah. think for me, anyway, there's like royalty, which is often like uh, American Girl becomes a nanny for the kids. Right. Like sure. sound for music some, type for thing. some miscellaneous fictional uh, Norwegian kingdom. Yeah, and, and they yeah. always have English accents, but they're always it like Luxembourg sized, and in, they're in the mountains. Or a Finnish Christmas. <laughs> yes, but also, the, the, what's interesting, I think, is the the genre. There are counterparts to these movies that exist in like mainstream culture it that has, that, yes. su- that is successful. So it's like or a sound of music thing for yeah, that version. Or basically. what is that Anne Hathaway film where or where she? Is the she's royalty in some way, oh, or I'm th- I, 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 yeah, 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 I'm forgetting yeah. which ones it is, but there is like a counterpart to what mm-hmm. these films are, right? These are like the cheap, nasty versions. Yeah, like Netflix has their like royal Christmas series yeah. or whatever, which is the exact the Christmas same. Prince, yeah. Christmas yeah. Prince. That's it. Yeah, yeah. same deal. 
Um, and then you have uh, there's like the supernatural version, which is like there's a fairy godmother or oh, something. Uh, shoe addicts Christmas would be one of those. Um, shoe addicts? Yeah, Are they ghosts addicts or like a department store? Addict. Uh, like what? as in upstairs? Yeah. No, no. Addict. Oh, as in I'm addicted as to shoes. So shoes. addiction is something that these things can deal with. Shoe yes, in a very good, serious way. Yeah. yeah good addiction. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Now, with a fairy godmother, yeah. uh, obviously she's like a good fairy godmother. It's Dolly Parton. Of course. Uh, in that, in Shoe Addicts Christmas, it is played by Jean Smart, who you may recognize from Watchmen. <laughs> Oh, Interesting. Who, 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 who are they in Watchmen? She's a Silk Spectre. Oh, Laurie. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so that's Watchmen's fun great for her. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Watchmen. Shout out to Watchmen. I haven't finished it yet, but <laughs> yeah. I am in it. Yeah. Busy watching Hallmark. Uh, and then, got, what's the other? So you, then the you, other two genres that I care very deeply about. These are the only ones I really watch. Yeah. And they're basically the same thing, just kind of inverse. Yeah. Is the um, big city lady who doesn't want to go to the small town. That's what. That's she, what Christmas is Dollywood is. No. Right? Uh, no, no. She no. wanted to go. She wanted to go to see her family. No, she was happy about this it. This is like a lady that gets dispatched by her boss. She's you like, gotta go to the yeah, deep. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm supposed to be going to Tahiti for Christmas. Big like, city what? girl, yeah, you can't go to Tahiti. Yeah, That'd no be snow. too fun. Yeah. <laughs> go see your racist uncle. <laughs> yeah, and she does, and she loves it. And that's where the high school boyfriend is. Yeah, and then there's the other version. <laughs> never left the home. <laughs> never left. Yeah, and he's just a deadbeat. <laughs> um, like in this case, Luke is just like a terrible employee. He's like bad at everything. <laughs> she's so much better than him. I know, but she's promoted to general manager. Yeah, <laughs> she, she should be six times the general manager before he starts. But and then the other version is like this one, which <laughs> is um, big city girl who likes going back to her small town. She really misses it because she right. really loved how yeah. Christmas used to be with grandma. Yeah. And then she goes back and stays. Right. So those are my two. That's my and sweet in, spot. in this particular genre, is it always hearkening back to the life that we used to once have? You know, yes, like it's always home. It's never anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Do you think yes. that is, from a perspective of like the, 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 the places this is pointed toward or the people, do you think that's, uh, an audience that does have an idea that thinks like city living bad, home living good. Because, because I mean, it, mm -hmm. it seems like that might be it. Because straight up, I love New York City. Mm -hmm. I also hate New York City. <laughs> yes. And I will not stay here my entire life. I'm a transplant. I've been here 14 years. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I would, lo I love it so much. But I feel like as I do get, it wouldn't be like when I'm in my late 20s and with my kid with the, my wife who mysteriously disappeared uh, or whatever. And now we're going back when I have this great job. Like, mm -hmm. I will move away from the city one day. Mm -hmm. but just because it, the city is a hard place to live. Of course. It's expensive. It's loud. It's busy. And when, as long as you can handle a couple of those things, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but like these are people in their prime, these <laughs> characters that are like, no, fuck this great place. Yes, everything's about to get really great. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Have you ever gone home to your hometown? <laughs> even if you're not from a, if you're not working in the city, you just go. Even if it's the same town, but like everyone but your Luke's or your who's ever have like moved away. And I'm like, gonna do it next week. Yeah. We're all doing it's it. It's not gonna be. I that. don't have a single friend left. In in fact, if I'm mm -hmm. wrong, if anyone from high school is listening to this <laughs> fucking thing, I'm going home. Please reach out to me. <laughs> Hit me up. I'll actually check Facebook yeah. for fucking once. I will I will look for this because I have no one but my parents. Yeah. And good that's ones. it. Please reach out. So because I'll see the misfits. Yeah. There'll be a few of those. I'm look, I'll play Magic the Gathering in a basement. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I just I I it's it's not a place where I think like, yes, this is the future for young me. Mm-hmm. What what is the what is the um 
Why <laughs> is the big city so bad in these stories? Why is it so bad? Well, also, the rules change. We should point this out. Sometimes the big city is great. Okay. In uh, Gingerbread Romance, <laughs> she has to stay in Philadelphia because that's really where Christmas is wonderful. Okay. And also, which places have snow changes? I've seen snow in D.C. Sometimes mm-hmm. they have to stay there because right. that's a wonderful place for Christmas. And in other cases, people flee D.C. because it's a terrible place for Christmas. So what's the what's the what's the governing principle here? <laughs> Unclear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm lost. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I got nothing for you. <laughs> Um, is it nostalgia? But it feels like the big it, a city... A decision is just made ahead of time, and then they ride with <laughs> it. Jesus That's all. Yeah. The big city is bad because it represents... like it, Because the other thing that I noticed, it's something that you actually pointed out in, in some of your Hallmark videos, is that people are working just too darn hard. Oh, my God. Always. You know, and Dad the city, just tells you to calm down. Yeah. You just, you just you know We came home for Christmas. We're yeah. here to spend time with you. you know instead um, of, But you're here taking phone calls all the time. Hiring a Christmas coordinator is a, a common one. It really? has people that don't even have time to celebrate Christmas themselves. Oh, Oh my god! Some other lady to get him a tree. Well, here's the deal. I mean, the three of us are freelancers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we know the grind. We know, especially in the sea. And I would imagine that when we are home, uh, <laughs> those of us who are going uh, to a different place, we will check our emails. We mm-hmm. will make sure that the businesses that we work at are still going. I'll tell you one thing though. My parents won't give me shit for it. <laughs> like Matt, we're making cookies. I can do both. I live in the fucking city, you I goddamn slow fucking sloth monsters. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I, it's just so strange. I, I would like to point out in Christmas at Dollywood that five minutes before she announces she's gonna stay in Pigeon Forge, there is a very nice adult conversation that she has with Luke where she's like, you know, I got a great thing going in New York and I'm not gonna leave. Like this is it's great for my daughter. She's in a good school, she's got friends, I got a good job. Why would I ever go? And exactly. five minutes later, no. Nothing has changed, Nothing. and she's not going back. <laughs> exactly. She here, you know, it's, it's difficult for the school system in New York if you get locked in. Oh, yeah. once you're in the school yeah, system, you prison. you you basically you will move to the smallest apartment possible. <laughs> if you in, had to go in to, order to to stay in the school to list. direct a film in Bumblefuck, Missouri, <laughs> where you're from, all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm yes. from I'm from and, Missouri. And, and in Missouri, I don't know yeah. what it is. And, and shout out to Missouri. Missouri might be beautiful. I'm just trying to use it as a, I'm, I just need a place. Right. Um. And then Make your it a fictitious place. Calamadan. Uh, uh, Calamadan. Okay, like so Cal- you're yeah. going to Calamadan, home for the holidays, and then oh, you bump into Luke. And yeah. l- your, your Luke, L- whatever lady, your Luke is. Lady Luke. Oh, it doesn't, be, no, it doesn't mean how to be Lady Luke. Just oh. some, just, no, you can't air on Hallmark if it's not Lady <laughs> yeah, Luke. But easy. it could be any, your Luke could be anybody. Okay. Uh, my best friend's name is Luke, by the way. <laughs> so you run into Luke, <laughs> okay? I, I love seeing Luke. And, and, and you're taking, we don't you know. know. What? You know what, Luke? I really don't like New York. You know <laughs> what, Luke? Maybe Luke. there's... Maybe there's well, like a hypno state I, that Luke, actually yeah. hits Luke, you. I know Good you point. haven't worked in like 20 years no. and you've been here, you know, like living off a welfare check, but I, I think the life is good. Just so everyone knows, Shahir is actually <laughs> looking off, not at either of us saying this. Yeah. Like you as if what? Luke is here. Is Luke? Has he this, is this is this is this pursuit of happiness in the big city <laughs> and money? Is it all for naught when really what I should be doing is spending my time at home? I, 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 is Luke guys, with I gotta us? go. Oh, I gotta wow. go. I, I got something to take care of. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Oh God. Well, he's gone. Well, good for him. He seemed happy. Yeah. I came back. It oh. turns out it sucked. <laughs> it was the fucking worst. He's got a deadly painkiller addiction. And listen, listen, listen. I know we sound like three city elitist fucks right yeah. now. We do. We're all from small towns, we're, right? Like we're. I mean, originally, I think. I mean, I yeah, don't know about yeah. You. yeah, yeah. I'm from a city, but it, like comparatively, it's, it's a small New town. That's it's a, a small New town of city. The, the, world. the point <laughs> I think I want to try to make beyond all the silly rage-inducing stuff that th- these films seem innocuous. They do. 
And I think they're branded that way accordingly, and that's the brand. But when you take something innocuous and you use a sort of normalization of a trend being that of what these people – and I still don't like calling it family values because I don't actually believe that's (laughs) what these things are. This is a specific set of values that people who happen to be in families have. That's 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 not conducive – and not helpful to society at large. And when corporations sort of kowtow to fake numbered groups to to take to pull advertising that might actually, even though it fits entirely in the aesthetic world that they have built, that is a is a dangerous and stupid thing. And I'm at least glad that there are people and organizations with enough financial clout to swing that that fucking dollar pendulum back the other way. What do you think Marty Scorsese would say about uh, <laughs> the whole market? <laughs> Wait, no, the real question is, often. what yeah. would he rather, like, which is more cinema? I know they're oh, both yes, not cinema, course, yeah. but yeah. which is more cinema? When when Marty Scorsese describes uh, the MC, or, you know, superhero films as uh, not having anything at stakes, do you think he's really, Ooh, <laughs> he, oh should, boy. Re- yeah. he should really <laughs> Maybe, yeah, we really need to get his his spectrum readjusted yes. with some uh, Christmas at Dollywood. Love oh, if the next uh, interview he's got to do for the Irishman be like, <laughs> so what did you think of Christmas at Dollywood? Oh my gosh, we'll get red on that. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, listen, Blake. You know, it's really a terrific picture. Yeah, it's a terrific picture, Blake. Yes. Holy hell, man! Thank you so much for coming on and and shedding Anytime, all of dudes. the knowledge uh, that you did. Uh, we'll have to have you back for um, Christmas at Dollywood too. Well, of course, there but also be, yeah. for another film, a film that we can actually dive into and not just talk about the politics around the film or the silliness of the film, like an actual... I mean, uh, I can try. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. when, other than uh, your amazing things at your Instagram, which you can plug again, but where else can folks <laughs> find you? Uh, that's a good question. Where else can folks find me? I have a website, BlakeRules.com. No Z's in that one. That's just an S. Okay. Somebody hadn't already taken that one. <laughs> um, what else? I work on a bunch of shows. Billions on Showtime is my regular gig. A nice. bunch of movies. You've got to be uh, doing a bunch of movies recently. Can yeah. you talk about some of the movies? Or, or are we kind of uh, still in... Can you name drop any of the movies? I, yeah, we're going to drop some big names yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. Uh, the Sun is also a star I worked on last oh, year. Oh, nice. Is that hitting some big names? Yeah. yeah. You uh, also you also did a day on Gemini, man. I did, I did a month on Gemini month Man. Jim Jim and the Man. Jim and the Man. Which we reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> yep. Stellar review, I'm sure. Um, the <laughs> Look, last you thing he listen? wanted is playing on at Sundance in a month. Which one? Sorry, that's Reese's new movie. The last. Oh, thing we oh, nice. Um, I lo- I, we. I barely I, worked on it. Really? A little bit. Yeah. D. Reese's film uh, Mudbound was something that we like thoroughly, thoroughly adored. Nice. Yeah. And by we, She's I mean wonderful. us. <laughs> yeah, that for once. An actual we. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm working on a movie called Voyagers now. Oh, not with Kate Mulgrew? <laughs> very different. Oh, very dang. Different. <laughs> well, not that different. Not, not that yeah. different. Their ship does go to the, the, the Delta Quadrant? Yeah. Is that, am I right in that? Sure, that sounds just okay. right. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, what would you like to review with us? Like, what, what is, What's a film that you would love to talk to us about? Where do I have actual expertise that would be helpful? No. no. no, what, no. what do you want? To, like, we have expertise. <laughs> yeah, Come on. Like, it's something you're uh, just not, not a prerequisite. Action movies I can always handle okay uh like john wick i'm good yeah maybe uh, we'll have you back like, for number four i'm, I'm good yeah there next week probably yeah. Yeah. um what else do i do i can awards bait i can always do a little bit <laughs> yeah All right particularly the weird stuff uh you know parasite midsummer those are my, those those, are my top draws we've this hit year. those up. yeah, well, yeah. what has been those your you it's it's uh, coming up to the end of 2019 what's been the what's been the thing for you uh parasite's riding high i got high hopes for yeah. 1917 Yep, I, I want to see. The, the, uh, yeah, reports are good there. Yeah. Um, what else am I excited for? That still, 
I mean, you can't be excited for Star Wars anymore because we already saw it. Yeah, yeah. and wow, still yeah. we can't. Just we, we, uh, I, I have so many thoughts. You can go yeah. back and listen to that episode for. Uh, I don't remember them yet because this is, of course, we recorded this on Christmas Eve because we wanted to keep this magical. Yeah, well, it's a time-bending twist heist, like uh, like Christopher Nolan's new film. <laughs> exactly. Oh wow! There we go. Well, uh, Shahir, when you are not deciding to stay in Pigeon Forge with <laughs> Rachel and Luke oh, and Luke. Ava and Dolly parting herself and fucking Eric. Not <laughs> your fucking him, just uh, his name is now fucking I, Eric. I miss my Luke. Where can <laughs> folks find you? You can find me at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. I do want to uh, give a special shout out to Lauren uh, Sick again yes. one more yes. time. Please go visit her site, which is www.laurensick.com. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-S-I-C-K.com. Lauren, also, please, uh, the invitation is for you as well. I hope you listen to this. If you want to come on and talk about literally anything, uh, it would be a pleasure <laughs> to have you. <laughs> and Matt, when you are not raging against Dolly Parton? No, I was for Dolly Parton. Monster. Why would you do this? What? She's a national icon. You can find me being besmirched <laughs> during the goddamn holiday season. At M A T T H E W K R O L dot com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P R E Z on Instagram and PSN and Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please go check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits. Um, you're listening to this on Christmas Day, which is awesome. Go listen to our last Because Games Matter episode of Extra Credits. We're doing a series and we're working with charities to talk about how games can actually do real good in the world. And this is a story um, from Jacob, um, who's a 15 year old who, who actually wrote his, his own episode. And it is, it's fucking great so please go watch that episode that's the only one i want to plug this time um everybody this has been the only podcast about the film christmas at dollywood and it's uh, christmas day today so what should we do should we uh, should we make some yule logs should we get some peppermint bark shall we peppermint bark peppermint bark <laughs> i don't know my boss is calling me oh <laughs> yeah listen i, I have a bunch of emails i can't oh my god guys guys come back <laughs> eric fix the goddamn tree where did everyone go the boot driver i guess i'm here in the big city by myself <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>